So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. An anonymous, it's always anonymous, NFL executive made some, what do you want to call it? We'll call it bold statements about Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. And we're going to break it down to see if this anonymous executive may, you know, anonymously have to backpedal like a few other guys in the media this week, Bobby. Ha! I'm familiar with that phrase, and Stephen A. Smith is as well. He gave his best Darrell Revis impression, matter of fact. He walked himself back on some of his recent statements that he made about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. What? I guess it was last week at this point. And his co-host and fellow panelist, Kimberly Martin, she is hilarious. She straight up told Stephen A. his take was trash, and that wasn't it. It's going to be a lot to get to. I am Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Friday, October 20th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. So, Sarah, Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin gave some great insight on how Lamar Jackson's, quote, vision of a tailback and just overall toughness has been pretty easy to work with. We'll also dive into Thursday's injury report and catch you up to speed on Adafe Owe's status. Plus, we're going to preview Lions-Ravens ahead of Sunday's star-studded Week 7 matchup. Yep, we got all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. I am two energy drinks in. Let's get it. I feel as if I'm in London. We're taping this just before 7 o'clock on Thursday night. This is your Friday Morning Vault, of course. It feels like it's past midnight. I don't care. Let's go. All right? Let's Let's go right now. Before I, we press record, I'm looking at you all dramatic with this, like, you know, miserable face. Do we have to record? Do we have to do this? Yes. The show must go on, and it's about <laughs> to. We're beginning with this, and that is the – and we've covered these types of things before. The Athletics' Mike Sando, from time to time, will put out pieces, essentially, that get input on all 32 teams from anonymous sources. And oftentimes, the anonymous source – comes from NFL executives, whether it's past, present, you name it. In this case, it's a present NFL executive. And here it is right here. You can find the whole piece. We'll link to it, by the way, in the description of this video, audio only wise as well in the show notes. But it's titled, and you can find it on his Twitter account. We'll also have it in the show notes. NFL execs on Super Bowl favorites, plus Broncos woes and a Giants Vikings predicament. Sandoz pick six. Again, this has nothing to do with what we're going to discuss about Jalen Hurts or the Giants or the Vikings. It's going to be about Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. So we'll cut right to it. Here's the snippet 
that I wanted to kind of hone in on here. This is from the anonymous NFL executive. Quote, the defense keeps them in it, referring to the Ravens. But I don't necessarily think this offensive change is going to make them any better when it counts. Lamar Jackson does not appear as dynamic as a runner, but in this offense, he does not need to be. He is regulated to pass from the pocket, but you're taking away the biggest weapon the offense had when you do that. Odell is not that guy anymore. Who are you truly afraid of on that offense? Nobody but Lamar. And if you're not using Lamar in a certain capacity, he becomes just like the rest of these quarterbacks around the league, hit or miss, end quote. That right there from an anonymous NFL executive from somewhere around the league. Sarah, what was your first reaction reading this? Uh, my first reaction is that it's like the same old thing. Some anonymous executive doesn't believe in Lamar. Like I, I remember there was one, a defensive coordinator said some crazy things about him before. Um, it just, it happens all the time. Uh, now what's a little bit different is that in the past they would try to shame him for running so much. And now this executive is instead shaming him for, <laughs> by regulating him. Re yeah. Regulating him to the, to the pocket. Like as if like they're doing that because he's lost a step or something. No, Lamar's always wanted to be more of a pocket passer. And so the Ravens did that bit more this year by getting Todd Munkin and moving on from, from Greg Roman. So I guess that's my first take. My second take is, I, I don't know. He does not appear as dynamic as a runner. I, I don't know. Is he I, like, if he's even like a smidget off from say 2019 Lamar, uh, that's still going to be pretty darn good, but I don't know that I'm necessarily seeing that personally. He is on pace, Bobby. Here's what's hilarious is they are keeping him in the pocket more, which is what he wants, and yet he's still on pace for just under 1,000 yards rushing. So yep. if this is like Lamar not even trying and he's going to have – he's on pace for 1,000, like, I don't know. I don't feel like he's really lost a step if he's not even having designed runs anymore and he's still on his on his way to 1,000. Uh, Lamar Jackson in the pocket, he's on his way. He's got a career-high 69.9 uh, completion percentage. He's on his way to a career-high, and of course this isn't a ton of yards, but it's going to be a career-high if he continues it, 3,550 yards. Okay, um, But if you have that 3,550 with 1,000 yards rushing, that's what you have to remember. Again, Lamar is still that guy. <laughs> he is still that guy as much as this executive is saying is he, that he's not. Uh, according to PFF, he's on a career-high 5.5% big-time throw rate. Okay, He's um, getting the ball out quicker, according to PFF, at 2.98 seconds per throw. Um, I feel like the story's unwritten. I don't feel like this offense has totally come together yet. Uh, so I think it's too early to say whether or not, you know, I don't know whether or not if this is going to make a difference in the long run. I think it will because Lamar can always return to the running Lamar that we've seen. He can always do that. I think that this passing offense will make a difference when it counts. I'm assuming he's talking about in January and in the playoffs. Um, the one thing I do agree with, I will say this. He says that um, if you are not using Lamar in a certain capacity, he becomes just like the rest of the quarterbacks around the league. Uh, that part I agree with, which is why for years, I feel like Ravens fans, again, they feel shame that our quarterback can run. Like, again, I don't believe in making him, why would you take that away from him? To me, the Ravens are doing the right thing. They're trying to marry this running attack with the passing attack. 
And so if you limit him in a certain capacity, then he becomes just like the rest of the quarterbacks in the rest of the league. But I don't think he is being limited, which is why he's still on, on pace to being for rushing for 1,000. I don't think anybody should be afraid to see Lamar take off when needed. Um, that's just that's just how I always feel. And so, but listen, Lamar can do that at any moment. He can do that at any moment. I'm here for him continuing to work in this new offense, get on the same page with his receivers, get all the timing down, because anytime they need it, he can turn into that rushing guy, and he should. I mean, again, he is doing that on those scrambles. So mm -hmm. um, th those are my takes on the, the Lamar side, and I know there's an OBJ side too. Yeah, and I'll just finish up the Lamar with this. I think to me it's pretty simple, right? Like it, 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 the question is that I pose my audience, you know, do you think that as this executive is saying, Lamar is not as dynamic as a runner? Or is he simply developing as a quarterback under Todd Munkin and running less in general? To me, it is the latter. Case closed. We've watched this week in and week out. We have seen him make some decisions that he may not have made in the past when it comes to protecting himself, when it comes to being smart. And, and so... I. Yeah, to, to me, this is a natural progression. And what we all wanted to see, mind you, right? We wanted to see this under this new system with Todd Munkin. We wanted to see the creative freedom. We wanted to see um, the, 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 the different decision-making that he was the, – the, what am I – what's the word that I'm looking for? I, I'm, I'm so <laughs> – like I, I knew this was going to happen. It's like that energy drink block. kicking in here. Yeah, I'm telling you that. Oh, it drives me crazy. So it's like a block that I have because of my sleep schedule right now. But this is what we wanted to see from him, and yet here yes. we go. Let's move the goalposts. Here we go. The anonymous NFL executive. Who knows where he's from? Who knows if it's in division? Who cares? This is ridiculous that, that and we're this having is the this game that they're gonna. This is the game that keeps getting played, Bobby. If he runs a lot, oh, see, I told you he can't pass. Now he's passing. Oh, he's lost a step in the run game. No, he's doing what it takes to win, and they, they know they need a better passing game. They're working on that. He is, in my view, just fine as long as they keep working on it and limit the turnovers. So we're going to choose to celebrate this natural progression yeah. under Todd rather than question why what once made him great is no longer going at that clip. Unbelievable. Okay. Now, as for, as for Odell Beckham Jr., um, where he says OBJ is not that guy anymore, um, maybe. I think that story is still unwritten. I mean, obviously, he, uh, up through six weeks, I think this statement is correct. Through six weeks, yeah. the statement is correct that OBJ hasn't been that guy. Now, I am still waiting, though, because he did have that injury. He admitted that he came back a little too soon for that Steelers game. He was better against the Titans. He had that 32-yarder, had a couple other catches. Um, and I still think he also is getting in sync with Lamar in this offense. And so we'll see. Now, one other thing I do disagree with is he says nobody – listen, Lamar certainly scares you, and we're going to get to Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, pretty soon. Lamar definitely scares people, including in the way he's currently playing. So he definitely scares people. But I also think um, Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers are two other guys that scare. I wish that we still had J.K. Dobbins. We don't. I don't think Gus Edwards scares people. I don't think – while I feel like Gus and Hill have been solid, I don't think they strike fear into people. Mm -hmm. But I do think Mark Andrews does, and I think Zay is on his way. And, again, uh, to me, jury's out on OBJ as he continues to get healthy. 
Yeah, very fair. And and we'll see what that looks like at the end of the season in terms of that statement, whether or not it holds true or not. Before we move on to another topic, let's get to Stephen A. Smith, because much like his co-host Shannon Sharp had to do earlier this week, partner, he had to get on the bike. And what I mean by that is this was not a stationary bike. This was not one that was moving with forward momentum. This was your good old backpedal, right? And we talked about this earlier in the week. We remember the topic after the Steelers' loss that was all over ESPN. Are the Ravens getting their money's worth from Lamar Jackson? Both Shannon and Stephen A. claimed absolutely not. Kimberly Martin came back at these guys. It was hilarious. One of their panelists, she is holding these guys accountable. And she did exactly that because remember... The day that she went on her rant, Stephen A. just so happened to be out. He was not on exactly. ESPN that day. So what was funny about it is that she kept receipts and she came prepared <laughs> on Thursday in this first take edition. Here is a hilarious segment. Well, it's funny, Dan, because listening to everything you said about Lamar, uh, about Jared Goff and the questions and people still don't believe, I actually think the answer is Lamar has more to prove because Lamar consistently is criticized. Stephen, was it not just on this show mm-hmm. that you and Uncle Shannon were talking about whether Lamar is worth his contract? I don't, I, don't oh. know. I don't think that was the subject. Uh, mm. No, I don't think that was the subject. Oh, it was a subject. No, no, no. It was yeah, a, it yeah was, Kimberly tweeted yes. about it. Yes. No, but it wasn't a question as to whether or not he was worth it. Are um, the Ravens getting their money's worth out right, of Lamar? Are the Ravens getting their money's worth? Not whether the or not he was that, worth. The see the difference? That, see that? See how that added that? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. You're kind of mincing words, but yeah. I'm not mincing words. The fact that that was even a topic of conversation. <laughs> You're not in a paper anymore. The fact that that was even a topic of conversation. In the age of Deshaun Watson making $230 million, where we got Joe Burrow still with that cap and we still don't know what the Bengals are right. but we've got all these teams that we still don't know about right. all these quarterbacks we have questions about mm-hmm. and we're debating whether the Ravens okay. are getting enough that's why right. I say it's Lamar because no matter what Lamar okay. does okay. it is never enough you have a unanimous MVP mm-hmm. for, former unanimous MVP and we still check your watch I got all day I got all day you get cooked today I'm not. Because you your, your actually, cakes are wild, bro. Actually, actually burnt. Actually, you get burnt. <laughs> like toast. <Really? laughs> like toast. Small, like toast. That's why. But, but in all seriousness, the answer should be Jared Goff. But in my mind, it's Lamar because no matter what, somebody will find something to say. What he is legitimately the only reason you look at the Ravens and say, no matter what, they have a chance. We wait for Lamar Jackson to win more than one playoff game. Waiting for Lamar Jackson to get to a conference championship game or a Super Bowl. We know how electrifying he is as a talent. But the point is, is that can you lead this team that's to the promised land? Fair to, fair to that's say. all we said. That's all we said. Period. Okay. I thought so. But 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 but, but that's not what you said. Yeah. In relation, a guilty to, consciousness. Yeah, he's music. he's smart. He's, he's a highly intelligent you human like being. Rebus back in the day, you 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 backpedaling right? So Re- <laughs> my man was mincing words big time, right? I mean, she called he him was- Stephen too. Did you hear that? She called him Stephen. <laughs> Steven, first of all, Kimberly, as one of my followers on Twitter noted, I thought it was fantastic. She came, she came knowing what was happening with that purple eyeshadow. Did you see that purple eyeshadow? She came to work ready for this. One thousand. I'm sorry if the Ravens aren't getting their money's worth. It means he's not worth his contract. Don't want to. Oh. Well, don't play these. Don't don't gaslight. 
the Ravens audience. We know what that means. Don't gaslight us. That's number one. Number two, here's what's hilarious when he really tried to backpedal. So the other day he was talking about turnovers and that's why he wasn't, you know, worth the contract or whatever. Okay, first of all, he black back to he's like, all I was saying is that he only has one playoff win. Glad Dan, Dan called that out because he's like, that's not what you were pointing to. And by the way, Lamar Jackson had the same number of playoff wins when Stephen A. Smith was pounding the table saying that the Ravens were offensive because they weren't giving Lamar Jackson enough money. Okay. There's no difference in the playoff wins when he was pounding the table for more money. Same playoff wins. So you are backpedaling. This makes no sense. You don't say, oh, well, I'm just saying because he's not any playoff wins. But he had the same playoff wins when you were saying he should have made more money than the Ravens were offering. And now it's, now it's, now it's, they're not getting their money's worth? No, no, no. But it was still, listen, I'm going to keep it light. I'm going to keep it light. I got a little, I got a little loud there, but he's gaslighting us. Glad Kimberly was there. Let him listen. He did. He got roasted. He got, he's toast. He got burnt. He backpedaled all of it. But uh, hopefully moving forward, he can, uh, I don't know. What am I, what am I thinking? There's no hope. He's going to say another bogus thing at some point when Lamar has a bad game. Oh yeah. This will continue layer by layer. I, I just think, did you see, did you see this, the, the head, the, the debate topic? Who has more yeah. approved, Jared Goff or Lamar Jackson? Look, we, we yeah. all get it. Lamar has a lot more to accomplish in January and hopefully on into February for his sake. Right? We get that. But the fact yeah. that this is a debate is just ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous, you could argue, as the first debate, which is why we got which is how we got here. The money's worth conversation. Like, are you serious? We're really going to debate what who's more decorated at this point in terms of track record and resume? And I have a lot of respect for Jared Goff. We'll get to him and what he and the Lions are doing right now with Dan Campbell in our preview topic, which is coming up in just a couple minutes. But to compare the two quarterbacks as if they both have have one of them has more to prove or or versus you know versus the other is just ludicrous. So Let's keep moving. We knew that one was going to be a long one. We'll get to the Thursday press conferences now, and we'll begin with Todd Munkin on Lamar Jackson. What makes him special in his eyes now that they've worked together through six regular season weeks? His vision. I think he's got vision of a tailback. You know, what he sees and when he decides to take off and run, um, that, that's what's been impressive. You know, when you ask him to run the ball up inside, he's got toughness and vision. I think that's probably the biggest thing, toughness and vision uh, that some guys don't have. They may be athletic, but they don't have a great feel for rush or running lanes, and, and he does have that. It's unique. And, Sarah, as we know, there's been a drop-off between the first and second half in terms of overall production, overall point scoring. Todd knows that. The numbers know that. We've discussed it in recent days, and he was asked about what the heck goes on uh, come the second half. Todd, um, Lamar mentioned, you know, second half sort of scoring and so forth is not, hasn't been, um, well, I know what you're getting at. You don't have to ask questions. Like, hey, halftime adjustments, I get it. Uh, scoring in the second half, I mean, I'll finish it for you. I mean, is that, if that's what you're getting at. Okay, I mean. So what, so what, what, what are some of those adjustments teams that have made that have been Well, cool? again, I, I appreciate what Lamar says. Again, we have to do a better job coming out in the second half. You know, the bottom line is, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago at Pittsburgh, 
Uh, the first drive coming out, we hit an explosive. We stalled at midfield. We hit another explosive on the second drive, had an opportunity down the field and didn't hit it. You know, so that I don't look at there then, you know, certain things the way the game goes. Um, we can certainly do a better job at halftime and certainly do a better job in the second half. Um, I didn't see significant change in the second half other than we just got to do it better. I got to coach it better, got to uh, call it better, got to execute better. You know, it wasn't as if um, we were consistently running the same things. We just got to do it better. That doesn't, that doesn't mean he's not wrong. I mean, I'm not critiquing Lamar. Like, I mean, the bottom line is we've done a good job in the first half of executing, and we've got to do a better job in the second half. Some in the early in the year, we weren't that so much. We were actually better at Houston in the second half. We were better, you know, against uh, the Bengals in the second half. So, again, it's a long year. we got to do it better uh, coming out in the second half, that's for sure. Sometimes it turns out you get the ball to start the game and you get one less possession, you know, the way it turns out. But that hasn't been the case. we just got to do it better. There is no magic formula. It's you got to scheme it better, coach it better, execute better, and let your, your talent shine, not have so much drag. So that was obviously the, the way it was brought up because when Lamar was asked about the second half, Lamar said, uh, we need it, like the defenses are adjusting in the second half. And it sounds to me that Munkin isn't quite uh, in line with that. Not so much like, because what he's saying is like, I don't know. I, he's, I don't really feel like we're seeing big changes. I don't feel like we're seeing something different. And so what he's basically saying is we just have to continue to be consistent. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I don't know if that's, I, I don't know which one's right if if they are seeing big changes come the second half. But, yeah, Munkin feels like, no, I'm not really seeing a big change in how they're playing defense. I just see that I have to call the plays better, and then, you know, we have to execute it better. And then he pointed out that in Pittsburgh they had a couple of big plays, but then they stalled out. And so, you know, it's, yeah. So I think that was just more his his bigger thing is, is what's really been the word of since the beginning of the season is consistency. I appreciate his media sessions. I think they have the right guy. Uh, it, we're six weeks into this thing, okay, and, and, and it has not been – it's been imperfect. It's been inconsistent. They're certainly not peaking too early. We saw that in 2019. I really like what, what Todd Munkin is doing. They have not had their horses, it feels like, all at once for one game mm -hmm. so far through the first month plus. I think they're going to figure it out. I have a lot of optimism about this offense and, uh, and the development in which it and the time that it's going to take in, in order to get to a point where you can they have not stacked Sarah they're four and two should be five and one maybe and yet, six and oh. it may, yeah you could make that argument they, they could be six and oh should definitely be five and one maybe should definitely be six and oh but but the fact that that's the case and they have yet to stack four consecutive quarters in a game I think that that opens up that opportunity for for this window of optimism. One more on the coordinator front of things, Mike McDonald, who we know is um, getting a lot of attention, deservingly so. Jadavian Clowney called him that like, the smartest defensive coordinator that he's ever worked with earlier this week, which I know some within the flock were like, yo, 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 shh, you know, we need, yeah. him, to, <laughs> we need him to stick around here. Um, a future NFL head coach waiting in the wings. But he talked about P PQ, Patrick Queen, what he's been doing with him and, and just the, the opportunity and the flexibility that PQ has given Mike in the play calling. Patrick's side-to-side -side movement and his explosiveness is probably what makes him, you know, an elite blitzer. Um, I think I think the answer to your question is you probably go, you know, just like any other rusher, you're looking at what they do best and their, and their skills and um, how we develop those types of things. But, uh, yeah, PQ's right up there with the best of them. And I wanted to be sure before we move on to, to give PQ some love 
Nick Polos, who I know is a listener, Sarah, put together a screenshot here from what he watched on ESPN earlier this week. This is absurd. Uh, Next Gen Statistics has PQ ranked uh, in a few different categories, and look where he sits. Pressures, just through six weeks, obviously, NFL-wide. Pressures first with 11. Quick pressures first with eight. Sacks first with three and a half. Again, this is that linebacker. I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. Sa- uh, positive rushes second with 41. Defensive stops tied for fourth with 37. Sarah, he's playing at an all-pro level right now. Every time you said one of those stats, you were like, first, like in my mind, I could hear the cash register, ka-ching, <laughs> like quick pressures first, ka-ching, sacks first, ka-ching, <laughs> like he's, he's yeah. going to get paid 1,000%. Absolutely. All right. On to the injury report from Thursday. Make sure that it doesn't dominate the whole screen here, but this, things are looking like this. Jadavian Clowney was a full participant after missing on Wednesday, probably just a rest Type of thing, as you see here on the injury report. Yeah, from a designation standpoint. Ronald Darby did pop up on the injury list with an illness. He did not practice on Thursday. Malik Harrison with a concussion. He was a full participant after being limited on Wednesday. The big news here, the headline news, if you ask me, is Adafi Owe, a full participant on Thursday after being limited on Wednesday. Remember, he has not been available since week two with that ankle setback. So, that Thursday designation tells you he could be good to go come Sunday, which would be a, good, a big news for the edge. Kevon Seymour, two DNPs so far to start out the week with an ankle. Brent Urban returned and was limited on Thursday with a neck. And Marcus Williams probably trending towards not being available uh, Sunday against Detroit with that hamstring. He's been a DNP all week long. What do you think of the list? Yeah, it's it's a good looking list again. It's a good looking list. We we like this. Uh, Odafe Owe. I'm the uh, the Lions have a fantastic offensive line. Fantastic offensive line. They're going to need as many horses as possible to bring a pass rush. Keep people fresh. Keep Jadavian Clowney fresh. Keep Vinoy. Get Odafe in back in there. Like let's just keep them rotating. Keep everybody coming after Jared Goff. And that illness is going around. Darby's the next one up. So hopefully he gets over it quickly. Just a quick little glance at what's going on in Detroit. Obviously, they're going to be without their their running back, their stud running back, David Montgomery. He's not expected to play. He's got some ribs issues. He's been a DNP back-to-back days. Brian Branch, their defensive back with an ankle. He's been limited the last couple days. And you just see that that's kind of the – those are the notable – uh, news pieces right there for as far as the Detroit perspective is concerned. But speaking of Detroit, we should probably talk a little bit about, and, and by the way, in full transparency, with me traveling and, and just kind of a crazy week, we don't have a traditional preview uh, with, a, uh, with a Lions reporter, not yet scheduled at least right now. So we figured let's just kind of dive in ourselves here and take a look at, at what these Detroit Lions are all about through six weeks of football. And Sarah... There's a new brand in Detroit. This team is legit. I know a lot of folks think that they're going to come out of the NFC. Uh, Dan Campbell, former NFL player himself, has created this this brand of football that's tough-nosed, that's resilient, that's obviously been through hell and back if you think about you know just where Detroit was not all that long ago. We should probably begin with the last time these two teams met a couple of years ago when one Justin Tucker was asked to kick a 66-yard historic game-winning field goal 
as time expired out there in Lions country. We all remember the content that came as a result, right? <laughs> Lions fans were just get the heck out of here, Justin Tucker. Get the heck out of here. That's <laughs> we right. should have brought that in. We should have brought that in here tonight. The in-game broadcast. How can you forget that? I mean, that yeah. was one of the, the more memorable moments. But for Dan Campbell, he tries not to relive any of that. Um, yeah, I haven't relived it until you just said it. So yeah, you know, I, I honestly I try not to go there. Um, of course you you have a flashback time to time, but um I just think overall it's, you know, look, we're, we're still early in this season. Um, there's a ton of game left. Um, we got to go earn another one here. But I know this is that when you look back and, you know, I just remember thinking over and over, it's like, you know, enjoy it now, you know, just enjoy it now. And because our time will come and uh, we just got to get through the hard stuff and, um, you know, and here we go, man. We got an opportunity. We're in year three of this program. We're five and one, and we got to go earn the next win. So um, everything that happens happens for a reason, and it helps you grow. Uh, and if it doesn't, it's because you don't know how to grow. So we've taken our lumps, and um, and we're going to be better for it. Take a look at how these two stack up against each other, Sarah. I mean, look at what Detroit's done. Over 383 yards of offense per game, which ranks third league-wide. Uh, points per game, four, league, fourth league-wide with 28 per contest. And then you oversee there just Ravens defensively countering with the number two in terms of yards per game allowed, defensively speaking, just over 260 per game. And in terms of points per game allowed overall, 15.2. That is also uh, number four. Uh, I should say that not also. They're two and, and four ranked respectively there. So on paper... They match up pretty well, evenly based. Yeah, at least the the offense and the defense for sure. I mean, I'm just kind of looking at their schedule. I mean, I'm just looking at because they also, yeah, you have, yeah, points per game. They're number four. I mean, I'm looking, they beat Kansas City. That's probably their signature win. That was week one. Lost to Seattle and then put up 20 against the Falcons, but then put up 34 against the Packers, 42 against the Panthers, and then back down to 20 against the Bucks. So uh, they've had a couple outliers here for sure with that 34 and 42. Um, but it's it's a top three offense for sure. And um, I, think, I think for both teams, Bobby, it's going to be a measuring stick for the other. The Ravens, Jadavian Clowney said this is the best offense that they have faced so far this season by far. And yet at the same time, the Lions are out to prove that like what they've done so far isn't like, isn't like, oh, they're going to fall back and become the, yeah, fluke. They're not going to fall back and become, you know, the, the, the lines that we've seen for the last several decades. So I think both teams see this as a measuring stick game. And I really liked what Dan Campbell had to say because um, he was asked by reporters in Detroit, you know, like, Hey, the Ravens, have are tied leading the league in sacks, but it's come from 11 different guys. And, and Campbell's like, yeah, yeah. Like usually you can like put all your resources to one guy. That's a really good pass rusher, maybe two, but 11, he's like, at some point, our guys are just going to have have to win one-on-ones because we're not going to be able to choose who's one-on-one like that's that the Ravens are going to dictate that when they're able to come in with 11 different guys. But then he was also asked, well, how do you expect them to attack you? I thought this answer is very interesting and says a lot about Mike McDonald. I think they're, when you watch them, 
over these last five weeks, they're different uh, on how they play every opponent. They were different the way they played Pittsburgh. They were different the way they played Tennessee. They were different the way they played Indianapolis. So uh, this coordinator is going to, he'll have what he feels like is a recipe for us on how he wants to attack us. Uh, some teams, it was almost all shell. It's all two safety, no pressure. Some it's all man-to-man. -man. Some it's high pressure, no two safety looks. They're all one safety. Uh, there's some zeros in there. So he'll have a recipe, and uh, he's got to decide what he wants to stop for us, what's most important. Is it the explosives or is it uh, our run game? So, um, But we'll be ready to adapt and adjust with whatever, and we'll know during the game what's going on. So uh, I would say it's evolving. You know, he, he changes it up every week by opponent. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360 degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love that. It, it brings cool. me back to our conversation preseason. Where are the sacks going to come from? Where is this production going to come from? And we kind of both agreed. We said, we think it's going to be a, a, by committee. And that is exactly what's I didn't know it's going to be an 11 person committee, <laughs> but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a committee for sure. PQ's got three and a half, as we saw on that slide a couple minutes ago. Kyle's got three in one game. I mean, these have come from different areas, and you got to credit Mike McDonald for dying, uh, dialing things up in, in timely fashion manners and and being able to push the hot hand and things of that nature and I, I think his players have a ton of respect for what he's doing now in terms of the overall preview and making sure that you just we have a good understanding for how these two teams match up like we said that slide right the offense and defense seemingly on paper matches up well in terms of just the, the star-studded statistical nature of these two teams but I thought former NFL player turned analyst he's now on good morning football Jason McCordy put it well is uh, on, on top of that. Listen to this. The Baltimore Ravens 
They're a really good football team, and I think this is a good matchup because what one team does well, the other team counters. And you look at Detroit Lions, well, they've been really good. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher. Well, the Baltimore Ravens are fifth in the NFL in rushing. They're a team that hands the ball off. They have a quarterback that can take off, although he's not doing it as much this season. He still has that capability. The Baltimore Ravens' defense is really good against the pass, second in the league. That's something that Detroit, with Jared Goff, has been able to go to. Montgomery gets hurt last week. They throw the ball over 40 times. He protect the ball and he makes plays so you look at this matchup and Peter you just said it I look at the Baltimore Ravens what they stand for playing good defense a tough team Harbaugh has been around there for a long time you look at what the Lions are becoming what Dan Campbell has brought in he is trying to build a franchise and a team with a mindset that we're going to go anywhere on the road at home overseas wherever it takes place and we're rolling in there to kick you in the teeth he's in bite kneecaps but that's the mentality that they want to have a tough nosed football team now run the ball play really good defense and find ways to win a sloppy type of win that's what Baltimore has been all about Mm -hmm. I remember a few weeks ago you're saying I'm watching a Ray Lewis sit down with Roquan Smith and they're watching film and they're talking about what it means to be a Raven and it's a linebacker running downhill smacking somebody in the mouth Roquan Smith said this week it was like yeah they're playing good football but I come from the show me business so when we get out there they're gonna have to show me Mm. that they're that good so this is the type of matchup that I'm fired up to see because these are two teams that want to play the same style of football and beat you out there. I think the national scene understands that this is a great matchup as well, Sarah. You got a, the Fox broadcasting A team, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, and Aaron Andrews alongside uh, Tom Rinaldi as sideline reporters. So finally, we get a game, right, in terms of, I think, from a fan base standpoint, that this is going to be a recognizable, at least from a commentating standpoint, a group that's going to be broadcasting here. I don't think it's going to be fair. I think up through now, uh, that was going back to the anonymous executive when he started off and he said the defense has kept the Ravens in it. I think that's also been true through six weeks just because the offense has been inconsistent. We've seen flashes. Um, uh, so I, I, But I don't think it's going to be fair to expect the defense to just keep doing these like three and outs and yes. and like m- mostly field goals, maybe one touchdown. Like I just think that this this offense is good enough to put up more than that. I mean, uh, listen, if the defense does great, but to go in expecting it, I don't think would be fair. So I'm hoping the offense can finally take that step to where they play all four quarters. But Dan Campbell hopes that's not the case. He had a hilarious question about uh, what keeps them up at night. What wait, what wakes them up all worried at night when thinking about the Ravens? Here's, what, here's his answer. If you wake up at night, is it, Lamar that you see when you wake up out of a deep sleep? Is it Lamar I see? Um, well, if if I was dreaming about how to stop these guys, he'd be the first one I would think of if I was uh, coming out of a nightmare. Uh, he is dangerous. So he's dangerous. And, and uh, like I say, they don't ask him to do as much as he did before with his legs, but it, there's plenty of it still in there, and he's throwing it pretty good. You know, they've they've made a concerted effort to do a little more drop back with him. And he is. He's throwing the ball well. And he's got guys that are making plays for him. But if it's not there, he still, he'll take off. And he gets he gets up the middle. He gets the edge. And, and he's going to hurt you. Get a first down. And there we go. Or an explosive. So he's extremely dangerous as always. That's not changing right now. So it'll that focal point will always start with him, especially defensively. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think he nails Lamar obviously better than the anonymous executive. It's yeah. he's he's doing both. They're just not asking him as much to run, but he he is he is a danger. And so, but but 
it's got to be more than Lamar. It's got to be. It's got to be. OBJ's got to find it. But, oh, the offensive line. To me, the offensive line is like the biggest impediment right now outside the drops like consistently the impediment the offensive line the tackles i hope they continue to get healthy i feel like the ravens have had to use chipping chip a lot which limits your options in the passing game so we need both these tackles both moses has been down and and uh uh stanley has been down so i don't know that they're 100 but that is my hope is that as those two get towards 100 this offensive line will be better but to me, it's got to be the offense is going to have to carry more weight than they've had to do in the last six weeks. Speaking of holding weight, I'll always, I'll always go with and side with the the active NFL head coach, former player, uh, his opinion versus the NFL executive <laughs> who is out here anonymously making these these blanket statements. Quick hit time. I'm, there's only one shirt that I want to see emerge from Harb's <laughs> wardrobe this weekend. Chase the lion for our audio only folks is, is one that would be fun as you wore here in the past. I can't imagine that's actually going to make its way out in terms of the Jersey. For those of you who are into the style things week seven will look like purple on white threads. It's a one o'clock kickoff. As we know, Sunday, the 22nd and Terrell Suggs at halftime will officially be inducted into the Ravens ring of honor. So perhaps the home field advantage will be, a slight uptick based on whatever he does pregame when he inevitably comes out with, I'm sure, the gas mask on. Right, Sarah? <laughs> that would be I, – I really hope he re- resurrects that. But, yeah, I'm hoping the stadium is going to be pumping with him in there. OBJ put up a cryptic tweet with a bunch of laughy emojis and one with a hand over the mouth as if he had something to say. I don't know what this could be in relation to. We have the photo up here of, of him and Jeffrey Simmons going at each other post-game Sunday in London, but that was not in response to anything specifically like attached quote tweet, nothing like that. So I guess we'll have to wait till the next time we see reporters chatting with him. That's the speculation that Twitter's running with. If you're going to put out a cryptic tweet, you have to be able to handle that there's going to be a lot of speculation. People are wondering if he's going to be fined Maybe not so much for this post game, but maybe for his part. And, you know, when he did like the quick knee to Jeffrey Simmons. So uh, we'll probably find out on Saturday who, if anybody, gets fined from that game. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. And then just in terms of what this thing's looking like out in Vegas, the Ravens are three point favorites, according to Caesar Sports. Lamar is 15 and one in his career against NFC opponents. That includes a 7 and 0 record at home. The only loss came last season at the Giants. We all remember that one. His 938 win percentage is best by any quarterback against the opposing conference since the 1970 merger. That's according to ESPN Stats and Info, as Jamison put up on his Twitter account. So now, using that and just our overall feel, it's time for predictions. You're looking at a three-point favor for the Ravens. It is home field advantage. Weather has a 64 degrees right now, partly sunny. Here's the kicker. 15 to 25 mile an hour winds are expected. So while weather itself looks fine in terms of any potential rain, obviously a factor could be the wind coming in and out of the stadium. So that's what things are looking at right now. The over-under is set at 43. And I'm just going to go ahead and go first here unless you want to. Go for it. All right. So uh, to me, Detroit, 
This is a measuring stick, as you mentioned earlier on. This is a measuring stick for both teams. But I'm going with Detroit. I, I think the Ravens right now offensively are, are just at a point where they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to stack four quarters consistently, and we have yet to see that. And, we, and to your point a little while ago, we've seen this defense carry them through the first six weeks. That's hard. That's hard to do in terms of sustainability. I think this is one of those weeks that it comes back to bite them. I think the offense just has not given me enough confidence that they can keep up with a team that can do it really in all aspects through the air, on the ground. I know there's no David Montgomery. He is down RB1 for the Lions. But to me, Jared Goff has something to prove. He can air it out. This guy is is certainly capable of distributing the football. He's got great protection. Uh, defensively up front, they're really tough. I think they're going to try and run the ball. They're going to try and obviously stop the run as well. And I'm going to go with the Lions to come in and upset the Ravens, at least by Vegas standards, uh, at home on Sunday. Final score, I'll go 28-24 Detroit over Baltimore. How, how about you? Well, I think that the Ravens are 1,000% capable of beating Detroit. We are six weeks into the season, and for six weeks, I have predicted a Ravens win. I think if I want any sort of credibility in this world, I have to not pick them every time to win. So for this time, I've got to go. I didn't even know with- you did that. I wouldn't have noticed that. <laughs> That's funny. Somebody would, somebody, somebody out there would, would, would get it. But, um, no, I've predicted it six times and I feel like it's been good, good predictions. I feel like two of them, the losses they could, like I said, I think the Ravens should be six and oh, they had double digit leads in both of those losses at some point. So, um, yeah, I just, I need to see that the offense can keep up with another dynamic offense. Um, their defense, the Lions defense is ranked number the top 10, top seven. They're number seven in the league right now. Number one in rush defense, 18 in pass defense. So maybe this is a game where the Ravens pass game can really, you know, get things going. And I certainly think they're capable of doing it, but I need to keep myself honest. And I think if there's ever a good time to, to do that is it's against a five and one team prior to when the Ravens offense has really hit its stride. Maybe they will this week. I hope they do. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going Detroit 24 to 20. And it goes without saying, we, we, both, hope, we both hope we're wrong. We're just trying yeah. to be objective <laughs> here. And we understand that, that this is a legitimate organization that's, as Dan Campbell said, is in year three of this rebuild, is in year three of this journey. And they're no joke. They are no joke. Their head coach is a tone setter. I love the culture that he's built there. This is a mutual, this is, this is really built on mutual respect. I mean, you, you hear the stuff that's coming out, to, out of Detroit about Baltimore and vice versa. I think this is going to be a great game and one that, look, you, you're not kidding. The Ravens are capable of beating anybody in this league. There's no question about that. And I kind of like the way this would set up with a loss. You don't want to peak too early. This is too long of a season in order to do that. You know, cut, cut your losses, lick your wounds a little bit in the early part of the season and peak when it matters most. Uh, later on in December. I want to make sure to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons, Rick Henry and Matt DiMaggio, are supporting everything we're doing here inside the channel through Patreon this month. So shout out, Rick. Shout out, Matt. We appreciate you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same and you haven't already done so, patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast is a great place to start. You can find that direct link that's included in the show notes below. 
partner. We're coming up on 10,000 subscriptions. Definitely got a big, big uh, boost when we made sure to uh, kind of point that out on Twitter and across social media platforms on Thursday. So huge thanks to everybody for uh, we're, we're closing in on that. And that was one of our first milestone goals. So we appreciate you guys very much for the support. We will be back, of course, on Sunday for a post-game live stream. I will be live just from a programming standpoint. If you want to come out to the stadium on Sunday, I'm going to be live from the BMO Around Town tailgate lot at 801 Austin Street around 11 a.m. on Sunday. There is a rumor that Terrell Suggs is going to be bouncing around, popping around pregame, so it could be a lot of fun. And uh, just wanted to say thank you to Brian Snyder and the BMOR group for another awesome, awesome opportunity to uh, – be out there in London. So, partner, thanks so much for for your help this week. Another one down, and you will next hear from us, like I said, on Sunday together, and I'll be solo live streaming pregame around 11 a.m. Sunday.